What's up, runners? On this week's episode of the Up and Running Podcast, we are going to be discussing the fifth and final facet of my five facets of running series, physical training. In this episode, we're going to be diving into some basics of running and building a base as well as strength training. So stay tuned and enjoy. What's up, runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm going to tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. All right, runners, let's dive in. This is the fifth and final facet of my five facets of running series, physical training. And Prior to pretty much all of these other episodes, I have kind of written down some basics of like what I wanted to cover and some highlights and things like that. And honestly, physical training is just such a monster of like how you can train and it really is so interdependent to any individual that I work with, including myself. I train myself differently than I train some of my athletes, and that is because I have different demands on my life. I have different responsibilities. I have a different training age than many of my athletes. So because of this individual aspect, I, one, didn't write down anything in terms of kind of creating a outline of what I wanted to talk about today. So if I lose my footing or lose my words at any point in time, excuse me, because I'm trying to collect my thoughts. But the other thing is I'm just going to kind of essentially start discussing what physical training includes and how to create that base for those of you that are maybe just starting off and running and don't know what to prioritize um, or are looking to get into running and, again, don't know what to prioritize, don't know how to fit it all into your schedule because everybody says that you need to be doing X, Y, and Z and you're like, but I only have 30 minutes. How do I make this work into my day because I have so many other responsibilities? So let's start off. Physical training in my eyes is including not only running, but it is also obviously including strength training and cross training. And if you're just starting out and running, you do not need to be running every day. You probably don't need to be running more than two to three times a week. Now, if you're somebody that has been running for a little bit and you're looking to build up, maybe you're running three to four times a week. Honestly, the older I have also gotten, I am running less and less because one time I don't have the time to be running every day like I used to when I was 20 years old and in college and had no other responsibilities besides getting to class on time and like working my part-time job and running. But it's also higher load, higher stress. There's much more demand in my life now than there was back when I was 20. So that means that I can't train as maybe often as maybe I would like to because other things take precedence. And I think that is something to admit that that is okay. I'm still training a 
good amount of time on a weekly basis, but it's just not all running and I'm not doing as many double days as I used to because, again, don't have the time and don't have the ability to kind of like offload that amount of stress as easily as I used to when I was younger. So if you're just starting out, first just start out getting in those runs. And that is essentially, like I said, two, maybe three times a week. And you're just doing what you can. If it's 10 minutes, it is 10 minutes. If it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. Start super easy. The biggest mistake that I see new runners make is they go out and they try to make every run their next PR and they try to make every run faster than the run previous. And you can do that for a while. Your body can kind of sustain that for a while, but there is a breaking point. You keep pushing that and you keep pressuring yourself to run faster and faster every single time you go for a run your body is eventually going to be like, I can't do this anymore. And it's going to either stop you by either illness or injury. And which one you end up with is kind of, again, dependent upon the individual. But when you first start out, start with running maybe every other day, every even every three days. So having maybe two days of non-running activities in between your runs. Um, And you're starting off with something that is easy for you. Like you should be able to walk away from the run feeling accomplished, not feeling like, oh my God, that took everything it had out of me. This is how you build a base sustainably. So like I said, that for some people is going to be just starting off with a 10 minute run. For other people, that's going to be starting out with a 30 minute base. It really, again, depends upon your training history and your experience. And when you're running easy, for if you're running two to three days a week, two out of those three runs should be super easy. You should be able to have a conversation with yourself like out loud. I'm, I'm literally not joking. Like talk to yourself while you're running. You may look crazy, but you're going to know for a fact that you are running easy because if you can com- consistently talk to yourself out loud while you're running, and have that conversation or sing yourself a song without getting super breathy, then you know that you are running an easy pace. That is how we quantify running easy. And for some of you, again, that may be going so slow that you feel like you're barely running or maybe you're run walking. Again, that is okay. Start where you can start. Everybody starts somewhere. I started to the point where I also was run walking. Now that was almost two decades ago for me, but I did start there and I'm not above it now. There are some runs where I'm like, okay, got to walk it out because of whatever reason I had maybe too much to drink the night before, or I didn't get enough sleep, or it's been a really stressful week and I'm just tired. Or now that we're heading into the summertime, the heat and the humidity is kicking my butt and I need to walk it out. And that is fine. There's like nothing there should be no stigma against walking on a run. Uh, There is, but there shouldn't be. And then when you are incorporating maybe your strength training at the beginning of your running journey, so again, you're somebody that's just starting, maybe you're doing two to three runs a week, maybe that also is only one or two strength training sessions a week. So that's essentially equating to at most – 
maybe five workouts a week. So you're still getting two days off completely where, yeah, you can go for a walk or you can do something easy or go and play with the kids. But again, you're not exerting a huge amount of effort or um, a lot of putting a lot of stress on your body during those days. But I mean, the lowest amount in terms of you just starting out, that's maybe three workouts a week. I think that's pretty sustainable for most people that are just trying to get into this sport is just starting with three days, maybe two days of running, one day of lifting. That is, if you're starting, that is better than not starting. (laughs) So give yourself the option to make it easy for yourself to get your foot in the door. Again, I think we all set out with these big lofty goals and I'm all for setting them, but how realistic is it for you to actually get those goals get to those goals if you have a really busy schedule or you have a demanding family work life balance that is already kind of taxing on you like let's just figure out how to get your foot in the door make that sustainable make that consistent and then we can build off of that we can add more in as we already start to have that consistency Now, I mentioned if you are a runner that already has a base or already has been in the sport for a little bit, you're still maybe newer to running, not super familiar with, again, the different types of workouts, the different jargon. But again, you're building, you've you've been here, you've maybe done a couple races and like you're enjoying your training. My advice to you is, all right, we can still probably keep your training at maybe now three, four run days a week. Cool. We're only maybe adding that one day. Again, we're not making it crazy in terms of the time demand or daily requirement of our runs because if we're getting quality of runs in, the quantity of days does not matter. You can run for you sorry, you can train for a marathon. You can train for a half marathon at 3 to 4 run days. I'm I've currently been running primarily four days a week in my own training cycle for a half marathon right now. It's only in the last maybe two or three weeks that I've added in a very, 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 I'm going to clarify that extremely, a very short extra run during on one of the days that like I also lift. And that is because I've had time for that and I've built even my consistency to get back up to that point. But if I had started out trying to do five runs a week plus continuous strength training from where I was after taking time off, even myself, I would have not been able to be consistent with that. So I showed up where I knew I could, which was initially me starting out with three runs a week, doing two days of strength training, and then it was four runs a week and two days of strength training and having one day off. Show up where you can. So if, again, if you are somebody that has been in the sport for a bit, you've done a couple of races, you're enjoying where you're at, you do not need to be running five days a week if you don't want to. You don't need to be running six days a week if you don't want to. You can continuously train for even those higher mileage races with only three to four days a week of running. And then at this point, we do want to be seeing you consistently getting in those two strength training workouts. Those are super important at this point because yeah, your 
quantity of running has increased to that three to four days. And just with the quantity of running increasing, as well as maybe you starting to add in some workouts and add in a longer run on the weekends, that just increases the demands of what your training is requiring. And so we really need that strength training to help balance that out and help build that resiliency to kind of counter what the demands of running requires. Now, if you noticed, for those of you that are just starting out and maybe just trying to get your foot in the door, like I said, you're doing maybe two to three runs a week, maybe doing one to two strength training sessions a week. All of those runs should pretty much be easy. Maybe you're pushing the effort slightly on that third run, but for the majority, you're just running and building that aerobic base. That is going to do you so much more than trying to add in all these different types of workouts, tempos, fartlek, speed workouts, track workouts. Don't need to worry about anything like that yet. If you are just starting out, just work on building a really strong base and then start to get into the actual nitty gritty of training. And ideally work with a coach when you do that because it is going to help you. But for those of you that have been in this space for a little bit, and like I said, you're maybe training three to four days a week for running, one uh, doing two strength training sessions a week as well. Now we can start to add in, you have races on the calendar, all that type of stuff. You, now we can start to add in different types of workouts and we can start to add in longer runs on the weekends to really kind of like build that aerobic endurance and build that like heftier base for those longer runs if you're somebody that's like seeing the gratification and on kind of like the glory train of running a half marathon and marathon and i say that because there is just this huge push right now for half marathon and marathon distances where we i want to bring back the glory and the like kind of feat of running a really fast 5k like can you do that most people can't but a lot of people can run a 5k in which that's where the glory of running a 5k isn't as kind of mystified where most people see the marathon and the half marathon distance as like those big juicier kind of like goals to hit but i digress that is my other kind of topic that maybe i will discuss in a future podcast for you guys. But again, you're you've been in this space for a while. You're doing those 3 to 4 runs a week. Maybe you're adding in those workouts and you're adding in a long run. Honestly, again, most people overdo it at this point. Most people try to add in more and make it more complicated than it should be. The amount of people's plans that I end up working with that I look at what they've been doing, I'm like, "Holy fucking shit." I'm sorry, I have to drop an F-bomb there because like I look at these plants and I'm like, God damn, like these people are essentially doing the amount of intensity that I was doing as a D1 athlete back when I was in my early 20s. And like, I can't, I can't sustain that anymore. I'm like, no wonder they're coming to me with certain amount of pain or just like confusion or X, Y, and Z, like, because it is unsustainable. And so that's, that's what kind of frustrates me with a lot of the plans that are out there in the online space right now is because it does promote so much 
effort and intensity and it it really doesn't need to be that case. Um, there are ways that we can focus on quality and include the effort, but we're also prioritizing just also a lot of easy time on feet to equate to that 80-20 rule. So if you're not familiar with the 80-20 rule, essentially 80% of your training on a weekly basis and overall, like if you look at it at a month basis, if you look at it out from a year, 80% of your training should be done at an easy effort. That conversational pace where you're just chatting to yourself or chatting to your running partner, singing a song out loud, that is where you should be spending 80% of your time when you're running. 20% is where we're doing those harder efforts, where we're doing those speed workouts, where we're maybe putting some intervals in our long run. Even the the heavy lift days that you're doing, incorporating your incorporated into your training plan, that is the 20% that should be hard, but it only should be 20%. So when I see a kind of newer runner come to me and they're training for a half marathon and they have like three workouts in their four day running plan. So they're only running four days a week, but there's three workouts in there. And granted, yes, none of those workouts are back to back to back. They do have days in between, but I'm still like, oh my God, this is a ton of load. And this is definitely more than 20% for this individual because they're just starting out. So make it easy for yourself. Start easy. And if you're going to add in one thing. So if you've already got the base of three to four runs a week, start with the long run. Start building one of those runs on a weekly basis, adding an extra half a mile and then an extra mile. But you don't want to be doing that every single week. That's why there's a down week. So you should be kind of fluctuating between building and then pulling back, building and pulling back. And this can, again, ebb and flow depending upon who you are as an individual. I have individuals that can build for three weeks and then have a down week on the fourth week. I have individuals that can build only once a week and then the second week is a down week and then they build again on the the third week and then the fourth week is a down week. Do you, do what works for you. And if you don't know what works for you, work with a coach. That is always going to be the advice because it is confusing. There's so many options out there. And if you don't know what option is going to work best for you, it is best to work with a professional that is going to figure that out for you because they're going to know the questions to ask. They're going to understand kind of where you are in your running journey because they should have been there themselves. They should have kind of, they should be able to kind of identify, all right, this person's kind of like in this realm of the running journey at this point. This is probably where they need to work on what what facets and what kind of building blocks and foundational things they need to work on at this point. So again, if you are that beginner runner, but you've done a couple races, you're running three to four days a week, first start out with a long run, adding a long run in on that fourth or third day and building that up to a sustainable amount. What what is that sustainable amount? I don't know. What is your goal? If your goal is only a 5k, doesn't have to be 15 miles. If your goal is a half marathon, 
okay, we're getting a little bit more substantial. If your goal eventually is a marathon, all right, again, again, we want to get substantial here so that we have a really strong base. And this is not me talking about going into a training plan. This is still me talking about base building. And again, that depends on what type of base you really want to be able to sustain. Some people can sustain a base of 40 miles per week. Other people will hear that number and be like, holy shit, that sounds like a lot. I can't do that. Okay, don't do that. That's not where you're at yet. Don't don't shoot for that star because you're not there yet. Maybe we need to like build back a bit slower or sorry, build up a bit slower to make that become more sustainable for you if that is a goal for you in the future. If it's not a goal for you in the future, don't worry about it yet. You don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing. And also everybody else is not doing that. <laughs> there's so many, again, there's so much variability out there in terms of what your training plan can look like and what's going to work for you. I, I want to stress that, that the variability is ideal and the individualistic nature is ideal. Be flexible with yourself. A lot of people look at the running plan and they're like, this is the way that it's written and this is the way that I'm going to do it. Don't do it that way. Don't do it. Allow yourself the flexibility to pull back when necessary and go a little bit further on the days that you're feeling really good. It's going to ebb and it's going to flow. Now, if you have been running three to four days a week, if you've done a couple of races under your belt, if you already have that long run and feel really good at that and you're like, all right, I'm ready to start adding in some speed work, where the heck do you start? Again, it depends on your goal, but there's two, I'm going to break this down into super, super simple terms again. Um, there are so many other like terms out there. And again, I'll spend maybe another episode talking about the different types of workouts that exist, the ones that I kind of use the most in my training specifically, as well as training of my athletes. But when we're looking at the different types of workouts, there's really only two different types of workouts. There are your short and fast intervals, and then there are your long and steady intervals. Short and fast intervals are going to be working on your anaerobic capacity, so your ability to produce energy to work really hard without using oxygen. These are for races 10K and faster, so 10K, 5K, mile, anything underneath the mile. The, essentially, the shorter you go, the more anaerobic those races are, the less oxygen you use. When you go into your longer and steadier efforts for those intervals, those are going to be more for your half marathon and marathon uh, races. But that being said, you still need to be doing some work at the 5K and 10K effort if you're running a half marathon or marathon. Again, this is where the trickiness of actually designing a plan and knowing when to be using those efforts to help you build a really strong like training base when you're in a training cycle for a half marathon or marathon comes into play. And that's where a coach is going to help you. I'm going to say it again, but that's where a coach is going to help you. Um, again, I can maybe go into kind of like how to build that training plan in a different episode, but trying to keep this as concise as possible. And I know that I'm not doing a very good job of it already, but 
If you're adding in workouts, you can either start with short or fast intervals or long and steady intervals. I honestly would encourage all novice, like entry-level runners. So whether you're just starting out or sorry, not if you're just starting out. Again, just starting out people, just run easy, conversational pace, learn what that feels like, get comfortable with it. Let's not add any workouts for the first couple months. Um, And yes, I said months. After those first couple months, then maybe all right, you're adding in that long run in there or you're adding in that fourth day of running. And that's where you're building from there for the next couple of months. And then after that, let's start to add in maybe some speed play in there. That's where we start building. Again, now if you're somebody that's been in the sport for a bit, you have those three or four days of running, you have that long run, start adding in. Again, I would pref- I would preferably want runners to be adding in the short and fast intervals because this is going to build your like aerobic base from the ground up. And yes, I already said that short and fast intervals work on your anaerobic capacity, but it will also help your ability to work on your aerobic capacity as well. Because if you can essentially, again, I'm going to simplify this. If you can run faster and get faster at running without the need of oxygen, essentially what happens is when you do have oxygen, you get to run faster at that level too. So improving your anaerobic base, improving your mile 5k 10k abilities does directly help with improving your aerobic capacity in the long run when pun intended in the long run when we're working on half marathon and marathon efforts if you have already been doing things like that well then maybe switch it up and add in some long steady efforts but If you're running three to four days a week, you don't necessarily need to be doing a shortened, fast interval workout day off and then doing a long and steady effort like workout two days later or three days later. You can add that long and steady effort to a degree into your long run. And so that's where we can almost like combine some of the um, different types of runs that you're going to add into your weekly routine together to, again, offset how much load that you're putting into your schedule. So when I have, again, when I have runners working on certain goals and they have this capacity, they have this base of running for three to four days a week consistently, they already have a long run in there. They maybe have been doing some effort Um, some shorter effort runs as well, then maybe we're adding a workout into the long run. That's where we're adding into. But again, that allows for two other days of their running schedule to be super easy, whether that is truly an easy pace or even a recovery pace, which is even slower than conversational pace. That is a pace that you are just essentially jogging along and you feel like you're not moving and you're just like, wow, this is taking up so much time to go one mile or half a mile. But at the end of the run, you should feel like you're getting energy. So that is what a recovery run is. So that's kind of how you would structure training 
and structure some workouts in there as well as your long run for those of you that are just starting out. I'm not going to go into my intermediate people or my advanced people. Again, those are even more kind of complex. And I think that's where we need to dive into the different types of workouts that actually exist for runners more than just talking about short and fast intervals versus long and steady intervals. So different podcast. I'm just coming up with all these ideas to talk to you guys about in the future. So bear with me. I mentioned it already, but when you're doing all of these workouts, when you're building the space, you still need to incorporate down weeks. Um, Again, we're not talking about training for a specific race at this point. This is just building a base and building some foundational kind of ability in your running. You still need to incorporate down weeks. So every, typically it's every third or fourth week. But like I said, you could be somebody that would really benefit from building one week and having a down week the next and building one week and having down week the next. You just want to make sure that you're incorporating a down week where you're pulling back on the intensity of your runs if you do have some workouts in there and or, and or, not both, but and or, you are pulling back on the duration of your runs, whether that is your weekly runs or your long runs. And this is just going to allow some recovery time, some extra time where, again, you're not spending training and that's going to allow your body to recover because as we talked about in the last facet, recovery, you do not improve your fitness when you are actually working out. Those improvements happen when your body is able to recover. So incorporating that down week incorporates recovery, and that is how you're going to then improve and get faster. Now, again, I didn't mention how to go about kind of building your base, whether to use, well, I kind of did, whether you should use mileage or you should use time. I honestly would say use time on feet because again, If you are running an easy run and you have quote unquote easy run of, I'm just going to throw a number out there, three miles, some people will be like, oh my God, I only have a time, this amount of time, I'm just going to run through it really, really quickly. Don't do that because then you're not running your easy run easy. I would prioritize, all right, three miles would probably equate to around 30 minutes of easy running for anybody. And again, this is just like a generalization, but 30 minutes is 30 minutes. You can run that 30 minutes fast, but that's not running it easy. Um, so you might as well take it actual, actually easy to be able to get the benefits of running easy. And why running easy is so important is because when we run easy, when we rec- run at those efforts that are relatively like only mildly strenu- strenuous on our body, during that time is when your body actually increases the amount of mitochondria in each of your muscle cells. So your mitochondria, if you remember from science class, is your cells powerhouse. It's where your cells get their energy. And those increase in number in the cell when we run easy. They do when we also run at a harder effort, but not to the same degree. So you're going to actually get more benefit from running easy on your easy days to be able to increase those energy like opportunities. And then the other thing that happens when we run easy is it actually increases the amount of capillary connections to our muscles. So we increase 
capillaries are really, really small blood vessels that connect to your um, muscles and feed your muscles with oxygenated blood. So if we're running easy, we're increasing the amount of blood that is actually being able to be transported to our muscles to, again, give it more energy, give it more oxygen when we're running easy. And that is, again, going to help your aerobic capacity. This also happens when we are running fast, but again, not to the same degree. So if you're running fast too often, you're actually losing out on that ability to build your aerobic capacity, build the amount of capillary connections, build the amount of mitochondria per cell to give you more energy for your harder efforts in the future. So now let's talk about cross-training. Cross-training is honestly anything that you enjoy. Any other sport that you enjoy, that you love, incorporate it into your training. For the love of God, I have not, there are so many times that I'm hearing other coaches, and granted, these are usually old school, old school coaches, but I am hearing these coaches tell runners not to do something because it's dangerous for them. No, do not tell people not to do something that is another like recreational sport because it's dangerous for them. Should they be careful? Of course, everybody needs to be careful. But to say that like they shouldn't do a sport just because it's potentially dangerous and could potentially keep them from running? No, let's stop putting, let's like stop fear-mongering people into like pigeonholing them into one sport because that is how we absolutely end up overtraining. Let's promote being a well-diverse athlete because that cross-training is probably going to work muscles in a different fashion than you do your running. And that is going to help with your longevity of running. That's going to help with your running form and your efficiency when you are running. So this is things like swimming, cycling, using the elliptical at the gym, going hiking, uh, I have people that dance for their cross training. I have people that use a rowing machine. I have people like myself that ski or snowboard in the wintertime, ice skating, any like literally think of anything. I have other runners that play soccer. I have other runners that play softball. Whatever other sport that you truly enjoy and can get some like fun out of, especially if you are starting to take running more seriously and you are kind of going towards those like more extrinsic goals, don't forget to play. Don't forget to have fun because cross-training can be an absolute amazing tool to, again, release some stress and just like enjoy movement. And again, those movements are going to truly benefit you in your long run, again, pun intended, in your long run because you're going to have different muscles activating in different capacities to be able to allow you to be efficient for your running. So your body doesn't know the difference between other sports and running. All it knows is that it's exerting effort and it's spending time on its feet. So you spending an hour playing soccer that is building your aerobic capacity. You spending an hour hiking or more, that is building your aerobic capacity. All of these things will translate to you becoming a better runner while still fueling and filling your cup to be childlike, to be playful, to have fun. 
we need to promote that and we need to empower that a bit more. And honestly, shame on those coaches. Again, that that fear monger and kind of pigeonhole runners into just one sport because they they see a potential and they see the opportunity in them. And that's great. Like, let's foster that. But let's not make that the only thing that they get to that runner gets to do. They should be absolutely supported in how to do these other sports safely while still maybe prioritizing their training. All right. Last but not least is kind of going into strength training a little bit more. And so as I mentioned, when you're first starting out, maybe you're just starting off with one day a week of strength training. You're just starting to kind of, again, get into running. You're enjoying this new sport, this new opportunity for movement, and you want to do some strength training just to promote your training. Now, if you're running a bit more consistently, that's where we, again, want to see like at least twice a week for strength training purposes. And these strength training sessions don't have to be make or break, and they don't have to be these huge elaborate things. Again, I can kind of go into how to build a strength training circuit for a runner in a different episode. But again, I'm going to talk about just the basics here. Basics, strength training circuit maybe can be 30 to 40 minutes. Doesn't need to be anything huge. Doesn't have to be an hour to 90 minutes long, 30 to 45 minutes is the perfect amount for any runner that is using strength training to, again, support their running. And if you are just building a base, what you should be focusing on during this time is learning to lift heavy, lifting heavy in your main lifts. So I'm talking like squats and deadlifts, those types of things. That's where you want to be building a lot of strength because that strength is going to help you when you start incorporating workouts because strength is what's going to help you run farther and longer. Having that kind of almost muscle ability to kind of get you through to the finish line, get you through to the end of the interval, that is what's going to help you. And the the fact of the matter is, is complementing your running with strength training. So running is a lot of bouncing. It's literally hopping on one foot for miles and miles and miles. When you're loading yourself when it comes to strength training, it is the opposite if you're, again, if you're not doing like a HIIT workout. I'm talking about going into the gym and lifting heavy, giving yourself pause between different exercises to allow for recovery so that you can lift heavy. If you're doing that, you're loading yourself in a way that is going to kind of promote more like slow contractions or even isometric contractions. And yes, those exist in running, but they just exist in a different capacity. And that kind of, again, complementing of your running with strength training is super important, especially when you're building a base. Now, then when you go into an actual training cycle, You can still continue to lift heavy at the beginning of that training cycle, but then there's going to be a point where, again, training is taking more of a demand demand and taking more effort on your part and more energy, and we need to prioritize that. We need to prioritize the workouts. We need to prioritize the long runs so that we can see the natural progression of fitness improving with the incorporation of those recovery days. So during that time, you want to just be maintaining your fitness in the gym. You don't need to be, you still want to be lifting heavy, but you maybe don't need needing to lift as heavy. 
that if you want to continue lifting as heavy, for example, I have been continuing to lift extremely heavy in the gym, despite being like in the kind of thick of marathon training, half marathon training, sorry. Um, but I have a lot of experience with this. And so I know my body's capacity and I know when to kind of give my body that break. I don't recommend that for people that are just starting out that are just trying to build the base because, or just starting their first like training cycle, because it can be very confusing of, well, I'm sore. Do I continue to run or do I take time off? It can get a little bit, um, gray in terms of what you should do during that time. And so, Yes, it is normal to be a little bit sore in the base building phase, but we don't want to be sore for multiple, multiple days in a row. So if you're, I'm going to give an example. If you're running on Monday, you lift on Tuesday, you're a bit sore from both of those back-to-back workouts, Wednesday, and then Thursday, that's pretty normal. Like that is okay. But if you're sore into like Saturday, Sunday, because you've continued to run on Thursday, and then maybe you strength train again on Friday, and like the soreness is just building and getting more and more intense, and you truly don't feel like you're recovering, then we're we're doing too much. We're doing too much for what we are able to tolerate at this point. And so, when you are first starting out, like I said, keeping it super simple, thirty to forty minutes. Um, of strength training, incorporating some of those main lifts and keeping them heavy to start, but only heavy enough that like, you're again, not going to just constantly build this excessive soreness for like a week on end. It's normal to be sore for a couple of days, but that's, that's where we want to kind of cap it. If we're doing, if it's happening more often than that, then that's where we're kind of stressing our body a little bit too much. We're either not prioritizing enough recovery and downtime We're not maybe getting in enough nutrition for that. There's some things that are kind of missing in the equation that are creating this delayed soreness and prolonged soreness that you're experiencing. So the other way that I think of strength training when it comes to the different types of strength training that are out there for runners, whether you are in a build period slash off season, so you're not actively training for a race versus when you are in season and you're actually training for a race. So off season, like I said, training, you're, you're building a base, you're trying to get strong, you're trying to build your endurance. You again, you want to be lifting heavy. The other thing that you can incorporate a bit more of is plyometric and agility work. This is going to just help, again, working different types of muscles in different like planes of motion than we normally do with running. And that's going to build some resiliency. That's going to build some increased capacity that it's going to help with your running efficiency. And you want to kind of incorporate that during this time, because again, it's okay to be a little bit sore after these sessions, but we don't want that to to kind of be super prolonged into like, again, the five day mark, but it's okay to be a little bit sore going into your next run because you're building your strength, you're building your endurance. And that's kind of what we want out of this period of time. Now, when you're on season, as I mentioned, you're going into a training cycle. You don't necessarily want to be constantly kind of like feeling um, heavy or run down during the middle of your training because you're looking to kind of build speed and work faster and you're looking to build confidence to be able to run your race at a certain pace. So during the season, again, 
this is when you're in on season and you want to be strength training to maintain and protect what you've built thus far. So that's one of the reasons that base building is so important. So you want to keep lifting heavy, but maybe again, you're not lifting as heavy. And instead of focusing so much solely on plyometric and agility work, you're probably doing some more isometrics and tempo work. So this is when like you do a squat and the count is three count down, hold on the down, and then three count up. That's going to prolong the amount of work that you're doing. It's going to prolong the amount of time that you're under load. And that actually is harder for your muscles. Um, but it's going to, again, complement your running in a different way, especially when you're doing more speed workouts and higher intensity efforts. And I just want to preface with, with, sorry, I just want to preface with talking about strength training that please don't worry about getting bulky. Please do not avoid strength training because it's going to make you tired or make you fearful of gaining muscle. It is actually physiologically impossible for endurance runners to build muscle to the same effect as like we see muscle built with like CrossFit athletes and like weightlifters. We, we can't build muscle that same way. The signals actually neurologically get crossed and it results in interference so that we can only build so much muscle during those periods of time that we are strength training. So do not worry about actually getting that bulky look because it's actually not possible when it comes to running and strength training. All right, I'm going to round this up now because this episode has turned into such a long discussion on essentially just all of the ways that you can approach training and how you can make it work for you. There is no right way to train as a runner. It's truly up to what you have the capacity for and what you are, what your goals are and what you can sustainably and consistently show up to do. There, there's no one size fits all. And that's one of the reasons why recording this podcast, it's actually pretty hard to say like, what is physical training? I can tell you like the baseline things like, yeah, you're going to be running, you're going to be strength training, and you're definitely also should be cross training. But There's, again, in terms of how to create the plan, how to kind of progress the plan, it really depends upon the individual. So when doing that, one, like I mentioned before, give yourself grace, give yourself the opportunity to be flexible and show up where you can. Do not try to overtax yourself, whether that means going too hard on your runs or trying to run too often. Just start where you can and build from there and start to build in those days that you're also doing maybe some cross training and doing some strength training um, and keeping at least one or two days that you are 100% taking off and fully recovering from your runs, from your workouts so that you can actualize these gains of you stepping into this space and trying to progress and move forward and seeing what you have the capacity to do because that's all that running is. Running is a great opportunity for us to push ourselves and to see what we have the opportunity to achieve. And that doesn't necessarily mean just pacing and times and PRs. It's absolutely just about how can I show up for myself today? How can I push myself just a little bit further? And how can I continue to improve? And again, 
doesn't necessarily mean intensity when I say push yourself further. There are so many ways to show up for the sport and to progress in this sport than is traditionally thought with the objective measurements of how we deem improvement. But you improving in this sport could actually mean that you're taking an extra recovery day and you're recognizing that you need an extra day off or recognizing that you actually maybe did start out with a little bit too much on your plate and you need to pull back. That could be a win. That could be you moving forward, progressing forward, and meeting yourself where you're at so that you can see long-term success in this sport. But I had a lot of fun recording this episode today, so hopefully you had some big takeaways. Hopefully you learned something in terms of training and how physical training should be kind of prioritized in your specific running journey. Maybe you learned, again, how to maybe back off a little bit or how to progress, which which direction you need to go um, so that you can ultimately make long-term progressions and have success in this sport, like I said. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Hit me up in my DMs on Instagram at the personalized running doc. If you have questions, shoot me a message. Let me know what it is. If there's a topic that you want me to discuss on this podcast, please let me know. I am here to support you. My goal and my mission in my business is to help runners and support runners in learning everything that I wish I knew now back then when I was first starting out. Like I wish I knew half of the things about training that I know now. And I want to support you all in feeling that way as well and feeling like you're going into your training confident and fully aware of all of the possibilities that exist in this sport because there is a ton of possibility out there. But that is all for today's episode of the Up and Running podcast. I hope you enjoyed and had some key takeaways from today's episode. If there are other questions or topics that you are looking for me to dive into, please reach out to me via Instagram and shoot me a DM at the personalized running doc today. I'll talk to you soon.